And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, why do disasters happen to nations? The people of the world say it's because of the political correctness or the fake righteousness of mankind not being strictly enforced. You know, control, control, control. These people are demonically inspired. The idea that people can establish their own righteousness apart from Jesus is a lie. And John chapter 8 makes it clear who the father of lies is. The truth is, is that disasters, whether they're exceedingly horrific or just kind of lousy, come about because a nation rejects the Lord God Almighty. They ignore the spilling of innocent blood and they worship themselves more than the creator. And that's why disasters come. Next, passion is fantastic. We should be a passionate people. But as we have mentioned before, passion is in the realm of feelings. And your feelings, no matter how genuine, are not the authority to stand on. Jeremiah 17.9 makes this clear. So then, Dave, what do we stand on? That's a good question, and here's the best answer. answer. We stand on the truth as our authority even over our feelings or perceptions that we have. When we listen to truth-tellers, it's not just entertaining and interesting, it sets us free. And finally, the year of favor. Doesn't that sound great? The year of favor. But if a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years a day, then the year of favor sounds even better. Guess what? When Jesus came and announced his ministry to the public, he proclaimed that it was the year of favor. Do you like apples? How do you like them apples? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. That's dangerous. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You don't get a lot of those, but we get them. Okay. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. I don't always respond immediately, but I do see them. But you can text us, 214-210-8483. You can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770 when you call 972-445-0770. You will end up talking to Captain Chris. You know what that's like? That's like being out of barbecue sauce, but then surprisingly finding another bottle just when you need it. 
<laughs> wow. And then you will be... Guess who had barbecue sauce, ran out of it, and then found another bottle. <laughs> there you go. Is that a good answer? There you go. Uh, here's the bottom line. Maybe you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. Maybe you got something you just want prayer for. We are more than glad to do that to join together. We are uh, more than glad to hear something that the Lord's working on in your life. If you've got something you're trying to process, if you just something you just got to share from your heart, it's okie dokie. What's not cool is just to call and whine. Okay, that's not cool, okay? If you've got something you're trying to share, that's great, but not just to kvetch, which is Yiddish for wine, same thing. Bottom line is we want you to be able to engage in fellowship on this radio show. You think, well, how do we do that? Well, we do a pretty good job, actually, so hang out. You'll figure it out. Here's your uh, first trivia question for this third of this half hour of this fourth of an hour of the beginning of this part of the show. How old was Jesus when his parents left him behind in Jerusalem. How old was Jesus when his parents left him behind in Jerusalem? If you think you know the answer, you can call in as soon as I find the number. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well uh, as you can send an email david at he must increase.org. Now, we do have somebody calling in, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Rosalind, who's listened to the show and sent me an email. She wanted me to track down my part two of my testimony about me being in a church cult, which I did in San Diego. And uh, so I was like, she was, I sent her the link and it didn't work. I couldn't figure it out. So, out of, listen to this, out of 3,000. 3,000 postings that we have with, with uh, what is it, with, with uh, HipCast. They have lost the sound file. <laughs> so it's like, really? The one thing I sent her from the past, you lost that file? So I don't know if, Rosalind, if you're listening or not, you can send me an email if you are. So what that means is I'm going to share that part of my testimony coming up again. Now, I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after, but I'm going to share about the Christian cult. That's going to be probably a whole show and maybe a second show, depending on where it goes, because there's a lot there. So I'm just kind of telling people what's going on. <laughs> I'm telling people what's going on. Uh, Joy points out she can read the book, right? She actually, I think, sent that to her husband, the link to her husband, so I did tell her that. But I was just amazed. They lost my... Maybe the Lord just wants me to do it again or something with a clearer mind. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's cute, isn't it? Somebody on the line ready to answer the trivia question? All right, send them on through. Ding dong, this is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing a lot better, Gary. I'm just feeling comfortable that I'm going to go home to air conditioning, so I'm feeling better. <laughs> You've had some problem with air conditioning. For about 11 days. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did lose one day. I lost like five pounds moving stuff around. That was good, but that was the only thing that was good. The rest but of you're going to have air conditioning when you go home. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the hope. If not, I'm hoping the Lord returns just before. Because, because I don't really want well, to hopefully you'll have it. Uh, I bet I, I bet I do. If you if you hear me smiling tomorrow on the air, if I sound joyous, I have it. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. How old was Jesus when his parents left him behind in Jerusalem? He was twelve years old. That is correct, sir. He was twelve years old, and 
Back then, they used to travel in packs and family packs, so it wasn't that unusual that they didn't see him right away or anything like that. But I always found it amazing that he was 12, right there at that 12, 13-year-old age where just when they're getting into the teens. I always thought that was funny. It's like, you know, it wasn't like he was eight. It was like 12. It's like, wait, just before the manhood part. Isn't that great? Yeah. The bar mitzvah part. Excellent job, Gary. Excellent right. work. Well, and we'll be talking with him. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Great job by Gary. Always a great job. All right. I just think it's funny that you just, you know, you know, just at that age. <laughs> just right there. Having had kids, I get to say that for the rest of my life. All right. Uh, why does a nation fall? All right. I'm just going to make this. It's not even going to be complex. It's not deep. Not anything like that. Disasters happen uh, a lot of times for, uh, uh, you could say, a multiplicity of reasons. But what takes place now is anytime there's a disaster, what do people say it is? Well, it's, it's climate change. It's global warming. It's this. It's that. It's whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, well, watch this. Second Kings 17.7. This is what the scripture says. This disaster happened to the people of Israel because they had sinned against the Lord their God who brought them up out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and because they had worshipped other gods. Hey, guess what happened to Israel? They had a disaster happen. Guess why the disaster happened? Two reasons. One, they sinned against God, and two, they were worshiping other gods. And then they're like, what kind of problem is that? What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is when you're sinning against God and then worshiping other gods, you're just saying to the Lord, yeah, come on, hit me. <laughs> That's what you're saying. And so as a nation, when a nation turns against God, when a nation, I don't care if it's America, I don't care if it's Canada, I don't care if it's Israel. And that's the whole point you should recognize. This happened to Israel. It's like, God was like, you know what? You guys are sinning against me and you're worshiping other gods. And this is this disaster is coming because of that. Now, I am of the mindset that not every, you know, hurricane that happens, that's the judgment of the Lord. I think his disasters are much fiercer, just so you can know. I think the hurricanes and the weather and all that other stuff has to do with nature being in the bondage to sin and hasn't been redeemed yet. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to go out on a ledge for it. But one thing you can know for sure, a nation is under the microscope with the Lord when they're sinning against God and they're worshiping other gods. Now, if I say to you, in this country, in America— greatest country that, I mean, I'm so happy to be in America. It's not even funny. Love America. But if I say to you, what's the top two or three sins or the top four or five sins in America, how fast could you peel off those sins, right? Money, sex, abortion, fame. I mean, you just start going down the list. You know it's there. I know it's there. And what do all those things become for people? Their God. So they're sinning against God. We're sinning against God's nation, and then we're worshiping other gods. And people can't figure out why disasters happen to us. I can sum it up in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. This disaster happened because the people of Israel have sinned against the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and because they worshiped other gods. That's why it's happening. So what's the answer? Repent. I always find it amazing that everybody wants to quote the Bible, but nobody will say on television, what's Jesus's first message? Repent. John the Baptist, repent. Peter's, repent. Paul's, repent. John's, repent. I feel there's a theme. I could be wrong. Eh, I don't think so. And if I am, I'll repent. 
See, see how you think. All right. All right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail of my soul. Hello, Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon Experience? Uh, let me tell you what I, I, I'm, I'm, to, I'm torn between the two. I'm twixt between the torn two. You want to know why? I've got the biggest breaking story ever. No, to you be, need to do that first. Uh, yeah. I just can't wait. More than, more than my whole thing about the four-way stop sign? Yep. You want me to do the number one story? That's Ladies right. and gentlemen, you better get ready. Here's what, here's my advice. I don't give this advice very often, and I don't give it uncheckfully. What's uncheckfully? I don't know. Here's the biggest story you have ever heard on the David Spoon Experience. If you have children who are listening, uh, if you are not in a car, it's time to cover their errors or send them into another room. That's how chilling this is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it off the press literally within the last two and a half hours. Uh, actually, it's less than two and a half hours ago. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have it right in my hands. Get ready. Do not, do not get nauseous when you hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that as of today, the Navy, the United States Navy, officially has made its proclamation. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? Are you listening? This is the most important thing ever. You ready? That Captain Crunch is a fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Navy has declared that Captain Crunch... I do not buy it. No, listen to this. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Captain Crunch has three stripes on his cuffs, and that signifies a commander and not a captain. So uh, the United States Navy has made it absolutely known today, Captain Crunch, nay... He nay a captain. Nay. Now, it is true. Are the cereal? No. Commander Crunch? Yes, Commander Crunch. That's the new. That's why I told you, don't let your kids hear this. It is possible that that uniform could represent either German or Portuguese Navy. They are not sure because all of those uniforms were lost with uh, their great navies. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where Tuesday shows are better than Mondays. <laughs> Sorry. I, get, I, get, I was asking Noelle, I said, what do you think it is? She goes, well, it's Monday. <laughs> it's like, 
Uh, here's your trivia question. We will play the horn. Horn being played. Now, for those of you who've listened to the show more than five minutes in your entire life, you should know that the horn is a warning. Here's your trivia question. What was the name of Abraham's firstborn son? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, or in addition, or on top of, or right next to, you can text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So today I have a joke that was sent to me by one of our listeners, uh, one of our supporters and listeners, and we're going to read the joke. So I've already told Captain Chris, you know, i got to be nicer to them, <laughs> but no joke is buzzproof. Do you understand that? That's the rule. Captain Chris is in charge of the buzzer. He decides what's good or bad. Does that mean he's always right? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> did you like that? There you go. Okay. All right. So even though they're calling in, they're going to have to hang on. So I mean, because now we're now we're launched into the joke. Okay. It's going to take a little while, but it's a classic. Okay. Really funny, and I'm going to use it. Ready? All right. Remember, no theology and jokes. This is jokes. Right. All right. Here we go. There were two nuns that were volunteers at a hospital in the county. Uh, in the County, their covenant was located. Every Friday, the two nuns would drive on the back county roads, and uh, is it country, country, oh, country roads, uh, because it was sort of a shortcut for them. So apparently, the gas gauge was stuck, and they ran out of gas. So they popped the hood open and started walking on the shoulder of the road. Then happened to be a farmer coming by, working in his field. He saw the two nuns walking, so he approached them with his tractor. He asked the nuns what was wrong with the vehicle. The nuns let him know they just simply ran out of gas. The farmer replied, is that all? Well, he said, I have plenty of gas in this thing, referring to the tractor. He went on to say, I'll give you all the gas you want, providing you have something I can put the gas in. Well, the one nun said, we're volunteers at the county hospital, and we have a bedpan that we can use. So the farmer fills the bedpan with gas, then proceeds to go out and work in his field again. As the nuns are pouring the contents of the bedpan into the gas tank, a Baptist preacher happens to be driving by and sees the nuns. He looks at the nuns, and he looks at the bedpan. He looks at the nuns, and he looks at the bedpan. And the preacher approached the nuns. He slowed down and points at the bedpan and says, Now that is faith. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Come on! Faith. Okay. Did we have somebody want to answer the trivia question? Okay. <laughs> the trivia question. That's right. It's funny. Get over it. All right. Uh, what was the name of Abraham's firstborn son? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to David at he must increase. Dot org as we now get into the text. I want to talk to you about something that I know pretty well because I've had to not fight it, but be highly aware of it my whole life. How's that? That's a good way to say it. Luke chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. And he went down to Capernaum and the city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. 
and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. Now, I want you to understand something about Jesus. Jesus did not have a stage that had smoke coming out of it. <clears throat> he didn't have a light system. He didn't have a reverb you know, on, on the microphones. He didn't have any of that stuff. It wasn't a production. When Jesus spoke, they were astonished at his teaching because what he said had authority. Now, what's important about that is to understand that authority doesn't change as opposed to passion, which does change. So I want you to understand the difference. There is nothing wrong with being passionate. There's nothing wrong with being a passionate truth teller. But it's the truth that is immovable, not the passion. So people can tell you things with great emphasis. Like when we do this show, <clears throat> I don't think anybody would doubt that I put a lot of emphasis and in, in, in kind of a passionate element depending on the teaching. But that passion is not a substitute for truth. Truth operates in authority. Truth stands by itself. It doesn't need to be um, – what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't need to be um, overly painted or, or given extra glorification or given a swifty way to approach it. Truth is truth. It doesn't change. That's why we made that joke about 2 plus 2. 2 plus 2 is 4, except in today's culture, unless one of the twos really doesn't feel like it. You see, that's how dumb that is, right? So that's you just look at that and go, that's just so silly. It's incredible. Well, that's the same thing in Scripture. And so when the Lord says something, it doesn't matter whether somebody says it uh, passionately, repeats it passionately or not. It's hap if, it, if the Lord said it, it's the truth. So Jesus is coming back again. It doesn't matter whether anybody's passionate about it or not. It's irrelevant. It's happening. And so that's a substantially different approach than he's coming again and you've got to repent. You know, so I get it. And I understand that that need, but don't diff don't fail to differentiate between authority, which is truth, and passion and feelings. Passion and feelings are great, but they can be easily skewed. As we know in Jeremiah 17, 9, it talks about the heart being desperately wicked and evil who can know it. So there's a little bit of openness to that. But the truth is established and immovable. This is why people will not uh, really respond to people who believe they're being led by the Lord. They think, well, the only thing I can count on is the Word of God. Well, that's not true. The Holy Spirit does speak to you and he does commune with you, but the absolute immovable authority plumb line nothing going to change is the word of god and what god has to say and it's his truth and the reason that's important is because as this time gets closer more dynamic and powerful speakers will enter the arenas with incredible ability to communicate people will be amazed at how powerful it seems but it won't always be the truth and the truth is what we stand by i am the way the truth and the life jesus said we stand in the truth now there's like i said I'm not trying to <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with excitement there's nothing worth moving there's nothing wrong with passion there's nothing wrong with that stuff but don't don't 
lump that together with power and authority. People who are in the into politics are very passionate. They're just awfully lacking in truth. <laughs> See that difference right there? Well, they seem to know so much. Yeah, they sure seem to know much, don't they? And so the idea behind this See, I avoided the phrase bottom line. Like that? That's pretty good. The idea behind this is for us to understand that our authority is Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. So for the people that mock that, since we believe that God created the universe and he can write a book, I find it ultimately even more so ironic that they have such a hard time with that. Believing that God can create the universe but he can't write a book shows that the God they serve is not the God we serve. <laughs> Did you hear that? What? Yeah, they serve a false god or certainly a weak god to some degree. We serve the living God. He is the creator of all humanity. He is the establisher of the universe, and he left us a message. And it's dear human race, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, love God. And that is our authority that we stand by. I like being passionate. You guys know me, and I like having fun, and I like doing all that stuff. But do not misunderstand. The truth is immovable and will last forever. None of the other stuff will. All right, we have somebody ready to answer a trivia question? Send them on through. Ding dong, this is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's Mary. Hi, Mary. I was praying for, I was praying for you today because I hadn't heard from you for a while, and I wanted to make you sure were? you were doing good. Yes, it's so amazing you called. I am so blessed. <laughs> That's so well, good. Superb. You're so See great. The Lord answers prayers, doesn't he? That is, you are an answer to my prayers just by calling in. How about that? That is so oh. cool. Yeah, well, we can always trust in the Lord to hear. You know, I was reading, let's see, his eyes are on us, and his ear is always listening, and he does answer our prayers. Yes, he does. He certainly does. All right, here you go. What was the name of Abraham's firstborn son? Ishmael. That is correct, Mary! <laughs> <laughs> you are yeah, right again. I thought somebody would would already call in, but nobody did. But that's that's who it was. It was Ishmael. That is correct. That's right. So some people would say the wrong one because the, the firstborn. And you know, the Lord blessed him, Ishmael. He gave him um, 12 sons. Uh just like um, um, Jacob, who had 12 sons. Yeah. Well, isn't that yeah. great? I'm so glad you called. I'm just glad to hear well, your voice. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that makes my day, too. There you go. See? Blessing one I'm another. I'm glad you got air conditioning. That must have been a little... <laughs> Dreadful, huh? Yeah, that was. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> did you? What were you? You said you were moving things around and you lost five pounds. Yeah, five was, pounds. Yeah, there was a lot going. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Let's just say that the dogs have been in protest for about nine days. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to ask you. Um, 
your dog Bert? Bert. Yes, Bertie. Is he a bird dog? Is that why you named him Bert? No, no, I'll I'll tell you that. He was originally named Bert, and then when we were driving home, we talked about renaming him, but then Noelle turned to me, and she said, I kind of like Bert Wayne for, like, Bruce Wayne kind of thing, and I was like, okay, so his name is Bert Wayne Spoon. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought maybe he was a bird dog, and maybe that's why you... Nah, <laughs> he, they named him Bert. I don't know who named him Bert, but it's it fits. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's and then Leon? Is that the first dog? That's a, and then the other dog's Levi. Levi's our old dog, the one that we've had. He's we've had Levi for about twelve years. So we have Levi who's twelve, he's, and then Bert's, oh, Bert's a year and a half. Years old? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I knew somebody. Their dog lived to be twenty-one. Really. Wow, that is a long time. Years old, which which is very unusual. And in in the in the listen, the veterinarian said that is very unusual. And he said, I don't know why, but he said for a dog to live twenty one years, it's unusual. And and the owner said, Well, that's because I love him so. There and you that's go. That's what's kept him going is my love. That's for awesome. Him. I love that. That's a great, great line. I'm going to use that because it's a, it's yeah. true. Love keeps you. Love is a sustainer. No question about it. Love sustains you. No question. No question. <laughs> great job, Mary. Well, thank you, and I'll hang up, and and um, I'll be listening. All right. So thank bye you. Bye bye. All right. God bless you. Bye bye. All right, what a privilege! I t- and I put this morning I was praying for it because we like I haven't heard from her for a while. I'm like, wow! And then she calls. You guys think that's where it's like so cool? That's I just love stuff like that. It's one of the things I love the most about this, the show and the ministry and the stuff we're doing. Is I love that. It's just like I feel like God's not, like God's like going here. <laughs> like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right, we'll take our break and come back. We've got a lot still to do. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Thanks a lot for all the blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot for all the ways that you have cared. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience. Only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? What's happening is the churches and uh, educators and our government and everybody is too concerned about being politically correct. And what's happened is the walls have fallen down and we need to rebuild them, and we need to build them back. And the only way we can do that is with God's people taking a stand. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I will say, especially in regards to the political correctness, it's just man's attempt to establish their own righteousness apart from God. And that's why it has so much confusion attached to it that nobody can figure out what's going on, because it goes all over the place. 
Well, the, the only hope for America is, is not the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Uh, our hope, my hope is in God and his people taking a stand uh, this coming uh, election season. And uh, let's get men and women in office. And again, I'm not telling people to vote for but we need to take a stand for God's truth and his righteousness. Yeah, that's fa- fantastic. I just want to thank you and extend a thank you to you for taking the time to come on the show, sharing with us, giving us that perspective. I appreciate it, and it was a privilege and an honor for me to have you on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. God bless. All right, God bless you too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Pastor Franklin Graham. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, let's see. We got the trivia question, right? Is there anything else I got to cover? There's so much to do. We got history, we got DNA. <sighs> I love shows like today. These are the best. This is the best stuff there is in the world. All right, here you go. Ready? All right. Try not try not to be too brutal on this one. How did King Solomon propose to resolve the case of the two mothers, that should be two prostitutes, two uh, mother prostitutes claiming the same child, the same baby? How did King Solomon propose to resolve that issue between the two mothers claiming to uh, have the same baby. How did he resolve that? If you think you know, we'll give you that chance. You can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. It is also here at this point. We always send you to the website. We don't do it because we're trying to irritate you. Okay, we can do so many other things to do that, but it is important that we have financing, so we're not going to apologize for that part of it. Uh, I promise you, we don't have a a large budget or even a budget, (laughs) but we keep on pressing on because God is good and he always finds a way to help us through. So if you have, uh, like I said, and somebody did this just the other day, if you don't have $60, 60 seconds in prayer would be fantastic. But if you have anything you can give, that'd be great too. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? 
HeMustIncrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org. HeMustIncrease.org. See, now, now, what is, how is that not a spring, right? It has to be a spring, right? It's not a spring? Is that a pogo clearly stick? a balloon popping. Okay. Obviously, somebody who's eating a chocolate sundae. Obviously. All right, we have somebody ready to answer the question. How did Solomon uh, purposely resolve the case of the two mothers claiming? Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Annika. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Annika. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I've got an answer for the question, and then i got a quick question. Okay. All right. Let's do the trivia first, and then we'll go to the question. How did King Solomon propose to resolve the case of the two moms claiming the same baby? He told them that to settle it, he would split the baby down the middle and give them each half of the baby, which then divulged the true mother because she would rather give up her child than to have that happen to her child. Exactly! <laughs> That's so good. It's just like, can you just imagine? Okay, so the lady that didn't have the baby, that the lady that wasn't, baby, we're gonna cut the baby in half. Okay. It's just like, what? wow. Wait, what? What? Yeah. what? That was, of course, she was in a lot of grief, but still, come on. I mean, that's just wild. Excellent job there. So let me just yeah. mark that up. Thanks. Uh, no problem. Right, now, what's your it's interesting. Question? The question I had kind of relates to babies and children. Um, when, when we're born or even before birth and and when you're you know a little child who is inhabiting who's leading us through life you know in a spiritual sense when you hear the little voice if we don't get the holy spirit until after we receive christ as our lord and savior so all right so i'm trying to kind of narrow down the question. So what you're trying to figure out is where are we getting the uh, Leading, in, in, yeah. intuitiveness? Who's, who's, who's the, inhabiting our uh, conscience and leading us? Right. Okay, I got you. From the moment we're conceived on through until, you know, we receive Christ. Gotcha. So the answer to that in, in the most simplistic form is, especially in the younger stage, we are still all made in the image and likeness of God. The problem is, as we get older and become more accountable for our actions and our decisions, the sin part of it starts to pollute what that innocence part is. And so there's a big, big theology, a huge room of it, so to speak, that talks about the innocence of children to a certain point. Some people actually believe it's up to that age of the bar mitzvah where they come accountable to the law. I think it's probably that's probably a little bit off, but I think there's a truth to the younger child and the innocence children and the children who are special needs and oriented that way. They're still made in the image of God. So there's still the intuitiveness, the conscious is still implanted by God making that connection to God. The problem is it pollutes and then gets defiled as the age grows and as the awareness grows. So, so, it, so is, it, is it like 
but it's it's not the Holy Spirit. Could, it could. That's the question. Is, you know, is it built in as a conscious or part of the body? Is it the Holy Spirit? Probably a mix. I would say there's got to be. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit that inhabits people. That's the breath of God. So when God breathed into Adam, Job thirty three talks about that the breath of God is the Spirit of God. So when God breathed into Adam, that has an essence to the Holy Spirit connecting to it in that breath, and that's what gave mankind the ability to live. With that living probably comes that off-connect or that offshoot of the consciousness, which is influenced or probably established by the Holy Spirit, since all mankind was brought about by the breath of God, and the breath of God still contains the Holy Spirit. So in its essence, I think I'm even answering my own question, is it's probably the Holy Spirit because that's what was breathed into mankind. That would be my okay. first answer. Yeah, because I saw, I read something where um, it was like a guardian angel was guiding the, the little child, and I thought that can't be right. Yeah, that's you got to be, and there's a whole nother. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Somebody wrote a book called Angels on Assignment. Ah, oh, bad, bad, bad. Because it's like you know, oh, go tell your money angels, or go get you money. It's like no, 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 no. So there's you know, the the idea behind this is that it's the Lord. The Lord's the creator of life. He breathed into man the breath of life. It's not that we don't have angels that that protect us, and I'm not saying that, but you don't have a personal relationship with your angel. You have a personal relationship with the Lord. So it's like yeah, you gotta keep those separate. And- and okay, and then a real quick note was years ago, and I did not keep it because I thought I don't even want this in my home. But I actually came across at a used bookstore a children's book from the Mormon um, religion, and they were outrightly saying that God, that uh, no, Satan was your brother. Yeah. And it was a children's book, and I was like, what? That's, is that the cult you were involved with? No. The cult that I was involved in was a self-evolved Christian cult. That was more of a Jim Jones-style cult that knew the Bible in and out, so that was the authority that was being used to control people. Uh, the Mormons are their own separate cult, and they work on their own. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, I was I was removed from the Mormon uh, visitor center when I got up on the table and started preaching, and uh, they had to physically remove me. <laughs> <laughs> now, not one of my proudest, uh, not one of my proudest moments, but it is something that did happen, and sometime I'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> because I had, I did get an opportunity before they dedicated the Mormon Temple in Dallas when they first built it. Uh, they let visitors come in because once they dedicated it, no one can go in but yeah. just the inner circle, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it was just really eye-opening. It was like, oh my goodness. So. Oh, yeah. well, that's very helpful. Um, so it's more, it's kind of... It's going to be more the Holy Spirit in the sense of what is it that's leading people, because that's the the remnant of the breath of God in people. That would be the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say in regards to, you know, it's not really, it's angels don't, it's angels are there to serve and to minister, but at the, at the bequest of God. So they are just, sim- they are ministering spirits sent to serve the heirs of salvation. That's us. So, yeah, and it would be just a quick thing, but it's not leading them through life stages correct, or anything. Correct, yeah. that's correct. Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you so oh, much. No problem. Okay, have a great day. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. We just do it all here, don't we? Okay. <laughs> all right, we're having fun. All right, so what we'll do is we'll break. We're going to come back. Oh, we didn't do history, so we're going to do history and DNA. We've we got to do DNA. Right, I'll do DNA right now. How about that? Can I do DNA now? Sure. All right. 
I'm asking Captain Chris permission. I just want everybody to recognize that. That's that's being humble, isn't it? No, not really. <laughs> okay. D, we're doing our DNA. D, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. How often is that? Daily. Is that every day that ends with Y? I think so. Okay. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. Uh, add on books. You can be ashamed of that all day long. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And, that, and by that, I mean the 66 books. Never be ashamed of that. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means, as amazing as this sounds, it's not all about us. <gasps> Other people are involved. Wow. Oh, it's like uh, loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And loving your neighbor like you love yourself. Oh, there you go. I will take a break and come back. Uh, You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see you. But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not... Oh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And, and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. 
I went through a, a, a myriad of tech things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. I've got an easy trivia question, some quick history, and a really cool exit lesson. Okay? This is like, wow. This is like, yeah. It's like the trifecta. Uh, Who was the elder, Aaron or Moses? There you go. Who was the elder between the two? Aaron or Moses? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I will give props to both Eric and Joanne and Cordelia because they have been tying on a regular basis when they're answering their questions. Pretty good. Pretty good right there. In the meantime, we will do history because there's one or two things in here that are relatively not important. Go ahead. Let's do those. Let's go All right. For those that think it's uh, everything is really serious, just so you can know, today is monkey around day. <laughs> See, this would have been a good time for them to play the monkey one, right? About the drunk monkeys. See, that that been good right there. Uh, it's also National Strawberry Shortcake Day, which is like, yes, please. yeah, I'm there all day long. It's also National Pop Goes the Weasel Day. I mean, what do you do with it? All you can think of is the little jack-in-the-box thing, right? Okay. Uh, it's International Bath Day. I, I, I don't know how. How do they come up with that? You get together and go, hey, let's make it International Bath Day because, dude, you need a bath. I mean, it's like, is that how they come up with that? Probably a big bath is behind this. Okay. Uh, whatever happened to Channel One? 1948, the FCC removed Channel One from the television broadcasting channels. Channel One's frequency ranged 44 to 50 megahertz, was then allotted to land in mobile services. And instead of renumbering the remaining channels to make it renumber it, they just decided to allocate beyond it. And that's how come everything starts with Channel Two. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, sure. And then uh, finally, uh, positive note, 1954, under God, was added to the Pledge of Allegiance by President uh, Eisenhower signed into law, congressional bill adding the words under God in the pledge. Okay? All right. There's that. That's that. Uh, We'll do the trivia question one more time, and then if nobody calls in, we will uh, have uh, Chris throw something at the window. Okay, you don't have to throw something at the window. Uh, The question is, who was older, Aaron or Moses? Aaron or Mo? Aaron and Mo. You can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-843 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. This lesson is a really cool one. So I, I'm not going to get into all the different things. I want to pick out one particular part. This is not perfectly in context. I tell you that a lot so that you can know I'm not doing the whole sequence. I'm just doing this one thing because it's cool. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all the congregation were fixed on him. So this is the text that Jesus read. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing text. It's Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 2. And so there's five things that you pull out of this, and, and the reason I want to get to it is the last thing is what's so cool. It's, first of all, he talks about the, the, the proclamation of the good news to the poor. Then he talks about uh, liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind. Then there's a freedom or liberty for those who are oppressed. And then he says, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, the rest of the text says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus didn't quote that text. So just for all of the people that do Bible teaching and whine about other Bible teachers, Jesus intentionally left off part of a text. Okay? Just so everybody can know. So you can't do that. Well, yes, you can. Okay? And then Jesus did that. But what I want you to get is what's so cool about that. Because what what he ends it with is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the, the year of the Lord's favor is in opposition to the part he didn't mention, which was, and the day of vengeance of our God. Here's what I want you to see. The Lord's favor is a year, but the vengeance of God is a day. And that's what people miss. 365 days of favor. One day of vengeance. And this is like, <laughs> okay, first of all, that's uh, so much with a 365 uh, year time of the Lord's favor. That's a lot better than the one day of vengeance. It's a 360, so it's like a 365 to one ratio. You can't make a theology out of that. The point that's being made is that the favor of God is a lifetime. It's a year long out of a year. There are moments where the vengeance of the Lord comes in and the discipline of the Lord comes in and he only disciplines those he loves. And if this course in this text is talking about the actual vengeance where the where the, the beam of judgment will take place and all of the things that will, will, will be revealed and the people who are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life are going to not do so well. But the idea is to see the difference in how Jesus proclaimed his ministry. It's not yet the day of vengeance. It's still the year of the Lord's favor. And if a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, what it means is that favor is going to last until, boop, time's up. And then the day of vengeance comes and it's over. But right now, as difficult as it is and as hard as things are as you look around, the Lord's favor is with you. And while we sit there and say to one another, well, you know, if his favor is kind of a Gideon thing, it's like, well, if your favor was with us, then why are we hiding in holes? And why are we hiding? Like, it's like that kind of thing. And it's because we get so focused on the circumstance that we're in and so committed in the feelings to the circumstance that we're in, just like I mentioned earlier, that we miss the truth 
of the situation. And the truth is that there's more favor in God that there is, than there is vengeance. There's more mercy and grace and kindness than there is anything else. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And mercy triumphs over judgment. That's who you're dealing with. Not somebody who's just out to terrorize and make people feel bad because they're doing dumb things. But the way that God is portrayed in the world is usually through fleshly and satanic eyes in reflection to church organizations. Every Christian should just be smarter than that. Every one of us should go, yeah, that's dumb. And I'll just say this last thing, and I won't, I won't say anything else. When Abigail interceded for the family of Nabal, she said to David, before David was going to kill Nabal, don't pay any attention to that guy. You know what? Sometimes just don't pay any attention. Okay? All right. That's a nice way to say it. All right. Who was the elder, Aaron or Mo? And the answer was Aaron was the elder. Mo was the younger. And that there was the younger <laughs> kind of leading the things around, right? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Some people you pay attention to, some people you don't. Be wise like Abigail. Don't pay attention to Nabal. If there's Nabals that you're listening to, stop listening to them, okay? They're just fools. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.